Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, welcome again to self-coaching. You know, I thought I'd talk a little bit today about how self-coaching can help you with emotional struggle of any kind not just anxiety, depression, but also I wanted to mention that, you know, most people confuse self-coaching with pure coaching. And we know there are many manifestations of coaching, but my conceptualization of self-coaching is more of a psychological program that incorporates motivational coaching. It's more of a cognitive behavioral approach, a problem-solving approach to what's going on and wrong with your life. But I just wanted to clarify that it's, it's much more than coaching. Uh, coaching just sounds devoid of psychological insight and understanding. So I, I wanted to make that distinction and give you some of the principles involved in self-coaching. So let me, let me give you a few of those principles and let's start out with principle number one. And that is that everyone has a legacy of insecurity. Now, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know that insecurity is, is really a fundamental basis for understanding how to kind of extricate yourself from any kind of struggle, psychological struggle. And insecurity is not something that you have and your neighbor doesn't. We all have insecurity. Now, why is that? Well, the obvious reason no one grows up in a perfect world. No one has perfect parents. You know, being human means growing up with some degree of insecurity. I guess we would have to say it's inevitable. And children, they're ill-equipped in, in the developmental years when the insecurity is being laid out in your psyche. Uh, children are ill-equipped to cope with, much less make sense of early traumas, conflicts, misunderstandings, losses. And when children feel out of control and vulnerable, they resort to any strategy that can offer relief. This is the fundamental beginnings of what I call the habit of insecurity. So what are some of these early strategies that get constellated? Well, you might find children throwing tantrums. Uh, you might find them whining or sulking, hiding, you know, whatever works. And a child may not be intending one of these strategies, but may fall prey to, say, sulking and find that it, it gets them some, you know, some feedback from parents, uh, maybe gratification. Maybe someone comes and pats them on the head and says, oh, dear, I'm so sorry. But whatever gets reinforced over time can start to become your own habits of insecurity as you grow older. So over time, these diffuse tactics that are being laid down by the child 
they they become solidified. They become habituated into what we might call familiar personality patterns, such as worry, you know, the old worry warts, guilt, what I call guilt-sensitive people, perfectionism, compulsivity, manipulation, hostility. You know, these all become like personality traits based on the tactics of trying to control insecurity. So although these strategies are intended to protect you from insecurity, control patterns such as these are, wind up doing just the opposite. You see, they become the seeds, the seeds that predispose you to emotional struggle, to anxiety, to depression. So what, what may have began as random attempts to ward off insecurity wind up becoming habits that alter your natural personality while diminishing the quality of your life. So what's your natural personality? Well, we have to, we have to assume that's your personality without the overlay of insecurity because insecurity distorts that natural personality. Now, of course, insecurity, like all things psychological, is a relative term. So if you are relatively mildly insecure, then the distortion to your natural personality is going to be just minuscule. But if, if you are more or less plagued with severe insecurity, then, of course, your personality is going to be buried. It's, it's, it sometimes it can be inaccessible. Uh, sometimes people do horrific things and really just can't explain it. You see, that's because their natural, wholesome personality has been suppressed and insecurity has been steering the way. So when you find your mind spinning with fears, doubts, negativity, I can't handle these children, or something like, why go on? You know, what's there to live for? You really need to step back and you need to ask, who in me is talking? Is it me or is it my insecurity? Now, when I say, is it me, I'm talking about your mature, healthy self. And most of us have some semblance of an understanding what that is. And we also have a semblance of understanding what that whiny, primitive, childlike person in us or voice in us is, and that's the voice of insecurity. Uh, I say, I say the, the childlike because I do call it the child reflex. See, most of these tendencies were laid down early in your development, and they retain that childlike quality. And the voice itself in your mind sounds more childlike. So the moment that you recognize that insecure, insecurity has a distinct voice, that's the moment you begin to understand, well, that you have a choice. You can choose not to listen. So when you, you say to yourself, boy, that really sounds like, you know, just a tantrumy child snapping at my partner like that. Uh, as soon as you realize that, ask yourself, well, who's, whose voice is that? And if it's the voice of insecurity, then, of course, uh, you, you really do have to recognize that now you can choose to say, well, 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 wait a second, I don't have to be that person. So it puts you 
it puts you in the driver's seat. Now, maybe you don't have enough muscle to pull it off and pull yourself back into some, some semblance of calmness and apologize to your partner, but at least you're starting to build a foundation for understanding that insecurity, if you are passive to it, insecurity will in fact own you and do the steering without you trying to intervene. So let's let, let's sum up this first uh, kind of principle by saying that differentiating your voice of insecurity from your healthy, mature thinking, this is the first step to a more mature and liberated, healthy life. Okay. Another principle of self-coaching is that control is an illusion, not an answer. And you'll often hear me talk about control because the insecurity, it essentially creates a feeling of vulnerability. And one thing about human nature is that we hate being out of control. And anything that creates anxiety or stress or worry, if you, if you look at it carefully, you'll see that there, are, there is some aspect of your life that you feel is slipping away. You're feeling out of control with something. This is the precursor to emotional struggle. Now, trying to control life, okay, that's where we need to go because as I said in this principle, controlling life is an illusion. We don't control life. We would like to, and sometimes we, we fall prey to the illusion. So insecurity creates a feeling of vulnerability. And when you feel vulnerable, wanting to be in control, well, it just seems natural, right? You're feeling out of control. So of course you want to be in control. And this seems like a very natural, constructive desire. Now, it may start out as a constructive desire, but a controlled life always invites struggle, anxieties, worry, depression. Insecurity is greedy. Fundamentally, it is very greedy. The more control you have, the more you seek. And nothing ever makes you feel secure enough. You see, trying to control life isn't going to change that feeling of vulnerability. You're doomed to chase what we might call control's carrot. And as you grow desperate and pursue your carrots with increased agitation, you, can't, you really can't help but notice that emotional struggle, anxiety, depression, they're all becoming more permanent fixtures in your life. So the truth is that life cannot be controlled, not over-controlled, maybe we should say. But in essence, you know, we don't control life, fate, our health, the weather. We, we like to, we try to, but, but we don't you know, the best laid plans of mice and men. But what confuses most people is the fact that, well, control does give you kind of a temporary relief. You kind of feel that you've averted some kind of chaos or that you've, you've pulled it all together. And if you've managed to manipulate or cajole life into appearing tamed and controlled, eh, you do feel that relief in the moment. So when you're desperate, this temporary relief is spelled with a capital R. But if you're honest, well, you know control is always an illusion. 
It's like the eye of a hurricane. You know, it's a false sense of calm before the remainder of the storm. So if controlling life is an impossibility, you know, nothing more than a dangling carrot, then what's the answer? Well, the self-coaching endgame is always self-trust. So for you, when you are allowing insecurity to kind of contaminate your life, creating the stress and frictions of your problems, we've got to think in terms of self-trust. So the answer has to do with resurrecting a feeling of self-trust and confidence. Well, if insecurity has beaten you down since early times or for many years, your self-trust muscle is probably in in all most probability, it's, it's atrophied. And, you know, it's almost like if you don't use your muscles, your muscles are going to atrophy. And trying to pick something up is going to be very difficult. You know, you need to get to the gym and you need to incrementally start to do some exercising. And your bicep muscles, for example, will start to grow. Well, it's the same with self-trust. Now, what is self-trust? Well, it's really fundamentally nothing more than a willingness to believe. Now, the controlling part of you is saying, wait a second, I can't risk just taking a leap of faith. I've got to control life. Yeah. And that's the habit of control that owns you. So the more you rely on controlling strategies, and the most ubiquitous of all controlling strategies, to give you an example, is worrying. You know, we worry because we're trying to anticipate what's going to go awry in life, what's coming around that corner. So any controlling strategy, taking worry as an example, it's, it's not really going to help build self-trust. What it's going to do is it's going to give you the temporary illusion that life can be controlled. So you're not really developing muscle, you're sidestepping life's chaos. To develop your self-trust muscle, you have to do what we were just talking about. You have to recognize that you have a choice not to continue to reinforce the habit of insecurity. You have a choice not to continue to chase that dangling carrot of control and over-controlling life. And you have to realize that if you don't control life and you're feeling that vulnerability, well, that's where it's difficult because you have to take that leap of faith. And you have to insist that, you know, I don't need to, For in, in this example, I don't need to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow when I go to work and the boss asks, asks me for that report. What I need to do is I need to risk believing that I'll handle it in the moment, not anticipating it hours or days before. See, that's how you get some reps for that self, self-trust muscle. You you allow yourself to handle life rather than to immediately uh, kind of jump away from handling life and, and compensate with one of your controlling strategies. Like think of a turtle. You know, when the turtle gets threatened, what does the turtle do? It pulls its head into that shell. So sometimes we have our own shells where we pull ourselves away from handling life's responsibilities. Now you ask yourself, does that, does that build self-trust? Of course not. What it does is it reinforces insecurity and it reinforces the notion that the only way to protect yourself is to have a shell of a life, controlling strategies, controlling life. So 
the choice is, do you go on ad infinitum, trying to control life, developing shells of protection, worrying about what's going to happen, always selling out on yourself, never believing in yourself? Or do you start to take a risk, small risks at first, one at a time, allowing yourself to just say, you know what, tomorrow, uh, you know, I'm going to walk in and I'm just going to see how I react to what the boss says. Now, that's, that's going to feel risky, but I guarantee you that just as you've handled thousands of problems in the past, and as you probably learned that uh, I mentioned earlier, the best laid plans of mice and men, even those that you've rehearsed and rehearsed and worried and worried, when you get into the the moment of, of confrontation, you tend to just act spontaneously anyhow. So there is that instinctual part of us, you know, that survival aspect of us, that when in a heated moment, we tend to respond. You know, that's where that trust muscle resides, in that instinctual, intuitive, survival part of you that when confronted with challenge, with adversity, that's the part of you that comes to the fore. Now, prior to any challenges, of course, the more insecure you are, the more you're going to worry and anticipate and try to sidestep life and control it and control it. You're not really allowing yourself to recognize that you there's a lot more to you than you realize. And you're only going to recognize that if you, if you give yourself the opportunity to experience it. So rather than trying to control outcomes, rather than trying to kind of look into that crystal ball and figure out what's coming in, into your life tomorrow or the next day or next, next week, why not get some reps for that self-trust? Be willing to risk believing in yourself. Be willing to risk trusting. You'll be okay. You'll handle and you've, how many, come on, how much have you handled in life? You know that you've survived all this. You have the talent. You've proven it time and time and again. You just don't trust it. So let's take that risk. Be courageous. And also now let's, let's move on to another very fundamental principle since we're talking about insecurity and controlling life. And the next principle is that insecurity is a habit. And any habit can be broken. So you, pro you probably don't uh, imagine insecurity to be a habit, but let's take a look. You know, you weren't born insecure, right? I mean, you, a child that isn't insecure at birth, they learn to become insecure. Again, this isn't a perfect world. No one has those perfect parents. We all have illness, deaths, and you know, just trials and tribulations. Insecurity is part of being human. It's, it's inescapable. There, there just is not a pristine enough environment. And because children are ill-equipped to adequately cope with those early traumas, those early conflicts, the misunderstandings, loss, parents getting separated, dying. So some amount of insecurity is fundamentally inescapable. How much insecurity you have, sure, there's no doubt that some grow up with more insecurity than others. Take these young children and what's going on in the Ukraine. I mean, 
can you imagine the insecurity that's being constellated in their young in their young minds the 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 terrible terrible circumstances and anguish and separations there's there's going to be a a a, a tough life ahead for these kids as they grow up and try to overcome you know there's going to be that post traumatic kind of reaction to all of this but their insecurity of course is is going to be uh, quite substantial so insecurity is inescapable it's the extent of the insecurity that we're talking about on an individual basis we learn self doubt we learn self distrust and if these destructive attitudes are reinforced but what do you think is going to happen they become habits habits are difficult to break because like any muscle when given enough exercise they grow in strength another reason is that habits aren't just mental things we know from studies in neuroplasticity that our brains literally and anatomically are changed through learning so habits are part of that anatomical change that takes place in your brain over time you become part of you becomes that habit and in order to break that habit of course you know you're going to have to be persistent over time you're going to have to neutralize that in you which is your habit and replace it with more adaptive constructive mature and healthy thinking in essence you need to be growing new habits new habits of understanding of trusting go back to self trust now self coaching you know it can give you the strength and the technique and the willpower to break these habits of insecurity but the reason i call it self coaching is because of the motivational aspect you have to be able to encourage yourself not discourage through neurotic insecurity driven thinking but you have to encourage yourself to fight the good fight to risk believing in yourself to risk that tomorrow you will handle what comes your way so understand that in order to break the habit and patterns of insecurity it's it's going to take practice and little by little you will start to grow it's not like the habit once broken is just vanishes it it's incremental so apply yourself and that first step is the most critical and that's recognizing who's who's steering me right now insecurity or healthy mature thinking that's the first step and once you get to that first step hopefully you'll take that next step which is turning away from the voice of insecurity refuting it digging your heels in and risking trust start convincing yourself that what you've learned can be unlearned it's a fact it's a fact now maybe uh it's it's not truly extinguished but it's neutralized it's impotent it doesn't affect your life so we unlearn it to the extent that 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 habituated habit loop in your brain is no longer firing and influencing you and when i say influencing you keep in mind that insecurity depends on your passivity 
for you to sit back and not think about what's going on, to just allow yourself to be driven by reflexive, insecurity-driven thinking. When you're in that back seat and insecurity is steering, typically, unless you're self-coaching yourself, typically you're passive and you're allowing insecurity to just decide, put your head in the turtle shell to avoid life, to worry about life. As long as insecurity has you in that back seat in a passive mode, well, then you're just along for the ride. So that's why making a choice, that's why beginning to understand who's steering you or is it insecurity, you, your healthy, mature you or insecurity, that's why that's such a pivotal first step. And there's no question about it. Any habit can be broken. So you have to start with the conviction that. The reason it's hard to break away from worrying about everything and, oh, my gosh, and the reason it's hard is because it is a habit. But you encourage, you coach, you motivate yourself by recognizing that any habit can be broken. And it's just a habit. Now, I qualify it by saying it's just a habit. It's not a mental illness even though I, I know it sounds heretical to say that anxiety and depression aren't mental illnesses, but habits of insecurity. I, I know that's hard to digest, and we can get into that more fully in further podcasts. But you can, in fact, break any habit. And if insecurity is ruling your life right now, then guess what? You're in that back seat. You're too passive. You're not digging your heels in and determining in an active mind way that you're going to choose the path of healthy, mature thinking rather than to become the prey of insecurity-driven thinking. Okay, so here's another self-coaching principle, and that's that healthy thinking is a choice. Now, we've been, we've been kind of skirting around that in that you have to choose between insecurity and healthy thinking, but let's let's you know really crystallize that that thought. I mean, you may not realize it. Well, at least not yet. But again, and I can't overemphasize the fact that you do have a choice—a choice not to be hammered by insecurity-driven thinking. You know, the doubts, the fears, the negativity. Oh, I can't. Blah, 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 blah. Now, maybe you can't control thoughts from popping into your mind. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll allow that since there are certain things that are operating on a less than conscious level. And these are the habits. It's exactly what a habit is. It's reflexive. But you don't have to follow these around like an obedient puppy. You know, I have a, a YouTube uh, video on the ABC technique. Can't stop the A thought. Let's call that the harmful thought. You can't stop the harmful A thought from popping into your mind. Let's say that thought is, oh, I can't handle my life. Uh, then comes the B thought. And if I can't handle my life, oh, no, what's going to happen? And then the C thought. And then I won't be able to have any relationships and I'll lose my job. And then a C thought and a D thought. And so the A thought is that reflexive, knee-jerk, insecurity-driven thought. The B thought now is something you add to that spontaneous thought and the C thought, and so on and so on, down to the A to Z. 
So we can't we can't really stop the A thought, and sometimes the B thought is a bridge too far. But we darn well can stop the C thought, the D thought. So you've got to really just assert yourself into that runaway train of thinking and realize that that line of thinking cannot go on without your cooperation. You're cooperating with insecurity when you follow a doubt, fear, or negative thought with another doubt, fear, or negative thought, and then another and another. You are permitting yourself to contribute to this runaway train of chaos. So if, for example, you have the thought, I can't do it, I'm going to fail. Well, obviously you're being challenged by insecurity. And this is where you have the choice. So do you continue with this thought? What if I fail, what will I do? Or do you stop insecurity in its tracks? You know, this is the challenge. And if you do realize you have a choice, then you really can insist. It's my insecurity talking, it's not me. I refuse to listen. I choose to not be bullied by these thoughts. So again, I, I emphasize this choice because at first it's going to be rather anemic, your desire or your, your ability to change the, the path of insecurity-driven thinking, but it's a start. And maybe only in retrospect will you come back and say, well, I, I realized it was my insecurity, but uh, I just... You know, I just I just didn't do anything. That's okay, because you're starting to assert and insert yourself into the process of reflexive insecurity-driven thinking. And by inserting yourself in that process, what you're doing is you're starting very slowly to build muscle. And again, go back to the gym metaphor. So you go to the gym to develop your biceps. You do one rep, two reps, nothing. You look at your arms, eh, why did I bother? Nothing's happening. Well, of course not. It's cumulative. It's effort over time. So just because you haven't reached a place of nirvana and self-trust, uh, that doesn't mean that your efforts are ineffective. It only means that they need to accumulate over time. We're breaking habits. Habits need practice and focus and intentionality to break. So be, be patient, be a good coach, motivate yourself. And speaking of which, let's go to just one more of our principles for self-coaching. And that is a good coach is a good motivator. So the best coach in the world must be a good motivator. That's what makes coaches great. Technique, skill, conditioning. They'll get you so far, but without proper motivation, results will be disappointing. So nowhere is this more important than in self-coaching. If you're suffering with any emotional discomfort, struggle, anxiety, depression, worry, then your insecurity has all the muscle. And by muscle, I mean habit strength. The stronger the habit, the more you suffer. And this puts your emotional health at a grave disadvantage. Why? Well, because your insecurity has been constantly undermining your attempts to feel better. 
insecurities, getting all the reps. In order to turn the tide and building a healthy muscle, a healthy muscle to resist the distortions of insecurity, and insecurity distorts, catastrophizes. It creates mountains out of molehills. In order to turn the tide, you must keep yourself pumped up for the challenge. That's what coaching is for. That's why it's self-coaching. With self-coaching, you need to learn to disregard your insecurities resistance. You need to self-coach yourself to bring the best out of you. Fighting the good fight, it requires two things. The right attitude and proper motivation. So what's the right attitude? Well, attitude is simply having the right positive frame of mind. Optimism. Optimism is rocket fuel for your coaching. Optimism, no one knows the future, but optimists live a very different life in the present. It motivates in and of itself. The more you allow yourself to be optimistic, and you have a choice, you could be pessimistic or you could be neutral, but if you choose optimism, you're giving yourself a psychological B12 shot. And motivation well, that's infusing this can-do attitude with energy. Motivation is what allows you to sustain your efforts and to go the distance. And that's why you need motivation. That's why you need to be your own best coach. Because to go the distance, you need to be encouraging, not discouraging. You know, that's exactly what insecurity wants. Oh, I can't, it's too, blah, blah, blah. all that whining and, you know, to be a good coach, you have to overcome hesitation, resistance. You have to believe in yourself. And I should say, you have to risk believing in yourself. Now, you've maybe come to believe that you can't trust yourself, that you can't handle life. And that's understandable. That's what insecurity has inculcated into your into your brain, but being your best coach requires you to overcome that resistance and hesitation and distortion and to insist on the truth. What's the truth? Well, the truth is going back to risking self-trust. You have a sense of that. And if you just for a second become of active mind rather than passive mind, you kind of have a sense of what a healthy response ought to be. Now, maybe you can't get there, but you do have a sense. That's what you have to kind of focus on. That's got to be, you know, the beacon in the distance that you start moving toward. And, and begin with some positive affirmations. You know, we, we tend to fall into that negativity pattern where it's just all negative berating of ourselves. Begin with something like, I'm going to beat this, whatever it is. You can. Many millions of people have before you. What's holding you back? Well, the answer is insecurity, vulnerability, and more specifically, the habit of insecurity. And adding on to that, and the habit of then trying to compensate by over-controlling life. So going forward, 
I, I would like to tell you how important it is to understand insecurity. You need to have that as a fundamental understanding. You need to have, along with that understanding, how it uh, kind of enters your life, leaving you feeling vulnerable. From those primitive days where you started to develop controlling strategies, uh, you need to recognize that trying to control life, it's not, it's not the way for you. It's not the answer. I'm not saying to live your life out of control, but what I'm saying is that with self-trust, you can live more in the present. You can let life unfold. And your mind isn't congested with what's happening next week, next month, next year. It's not congested with all the what-ifs, the worry thoughts. By living in the present, that's living courageously, handling life as it meets you face-to-face. -face. And you can do it. I'm going to beat this, and I'll leave you with that. So anyhow, I'd like you to visit my website, selfcoaching.net. And you could contact me through the website or through my email, selfcoachinghelp, all one word, at aol.com. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, it's not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless. And you are not powerless regardless of what insecurity is prattling in your ear, you are not powerless. And remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. And what do you say we make it simple Believe together? Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart.